0: Well, oh, you said it, Chewy. Where
1: did you dig up that old fossil? It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains. And uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure.
0: Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about fine, it's finally about people and not finally about science.
1: The story when you actually put it into words is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic
2: concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power
1: or some force that sort of controls our destiny uh, works for good and also works for evil.
3: Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great pace, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang bang and people fall over and are dead, but you know, no horrors some sort of wonderful freshness about
0: it, kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention.
3: welcome back to those old fossils episode 19 princess leah organa part 2 yeah that's right part 2 recently just launched episode 18 princess leah organa part 1 but we had so many things to cover we had to pull stumps halfway through so here we are with the remaining elements of princess leah organa princess leah organa in her best bin gown and Princess Lear Organa Poncho. And then once again, I'm joined by Craig Spivey. Good evening, Craig.
2: Good evening.
3: And I'm joined by Stu Skinner. Good evening, Stu. Good evening. Hello. So we're straight back into it. Right, let's do this. And what we're going to do is we're going to go straight over to our second interview with Bruce White.
0: Hello there. Come here, my little friend. Don't be afraid.
3: And Bruce, thank you so much for sending me emails of your collection and like you know, I've oh, yeah. been on Facebook, been harvesting so much and having a look at various different things. I mean mm-hmm. we know you're you're a you're a Leah fan, it's principally Organa, it appears, but with other examples from the remaining yeah. four vintage figures. So how long have you been collecting? carded Leo figures
4: i started collecting in the 90s and i was i was getting a lot just a lot of different stuff you know because i love all of it i love all the vintage stuff and so i was getting all this box ships that i mean they were open to, played with you know kind of things you know nice you know like not mint mint examples but you know stuff that you know displays nicely and, I, and then I started getting more into carded figures. And I was like, okay, I want to get one of each figure on any card back. Any card back. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. And at that point, when you're doing that, and suddenly, you know, you've got like, what, five-layer figures in there. And, uh, and then when I started, uh, I actually started um, kind of lurking around Rebel Scum. I didn't join until probably a little later, um, maybe a few years later, but I saw the the guys that they were doing uh, had these different focus collections. And I thought, wow, this is the best way to put limits on yourself um, by just picking in this general area. And that way you don't get distracted because there's so much, and I love all of it. It just seemed uh, a route to go as far as my collecting. And so I slowly started selling all the carded figures that weren't Alea and then getting more, trying to find the, the foreign variant carded variants, uh, which at the time weren't nearly as sensitive as they are now, but they're still a little pricier. For some reason, Kenner the time was higher than a lot of so foreign to U, sort of the U.S. Um, production figures. But as slowly, seems seemed like as the Kenner stock that was out there, the carded stock that was out in the wild gets um, sucked up into your collections, suddenly the carded, the foreign stuff is, gets a lot more it's a lot harder to find, and that stuff explodes in price. And yeah, and that, so it's kind of to the point now where it's like the, there are carded figures that I am quoted missing, like I'd love to get a clipper 12 back or um, toll toys 12 back. but I don't think I could afford it if it even came up to market at this point. Um, I'm not even sure if it's, it's I'm not even sure. Uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's been interesting to collect for this long. And honestly, I haven't been collecting as long as, I mean, you know, a lot of the people have been doing it longer than I have. But it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's fascinating to see the way the market has gone up and down over the years. How things seem to become more rare over time just because they become more sought after. You know, people don't realize it was even out there. And so when this, you know, this thing comes up for auction, you know, it only takes two guys to, you know, turn it into an all-out bloodbath, you know, (laughs) because everybody has to have that really elusive Clipper 12 back, and yeah, there's more than one person that wants it. Oh, wow.
3: Have a little look at your uh, carded figures. You you seem to have 21 Kenner carded figures um, on your Organa. Yeah. Wonderful. And, you know, you, your foreign, I can see Takara 12s, uh, Canadian. You've got a lovely run of Canadian ones, the 12A. Um, you've got the card back for the 12B with the GDE text and a 20-back Canadian one as well. Palatoy, Harbour, Meccano. So the Meccanos, have you got the 12, the 20, and the Return of a Jedi? Uh,
4: oh, no, no. Um, Just did, the... Uh the 12 and the 20 um yeah the re- return of the jedi Meccano is in french on the um with the return of the jedi logo and uh yeah that one is very very hard to find i think there's only 3 or 4 out there and a couple of card backs it turned up a few years ago but yeah it was just yeah. oh, I, I love I love the way that card looks especially in you know, without For some reason, I don't know why. I love the the offerless cards are my favorite because the the image of Leia is unobscured, Mm. and uh, and that's one of the and that's one of the ones I was really hoping to run across one day, but and I did, and oh wow, it was it's beautiful, but yeah, I don't think I have. I'm not gonna dig that deep to go. (laughs) <laughs> sure,
3: <laughs> but yeah the meccano the, squ- the square the square meccano's a gorgeous enough as they are aren't they
4: with with a bit of fresh ah, yeah, touch yeah i love that yeah i love that and it's in and the unique uh size and shape of it is so it's, it's it's amazing so obviously what
3: organa didn't get on was power of the force cards um but i have seen out there power of the force proofs
4: oh yeah i saw um I think it was at Celebration Five. Uh, James Gallo had a power of the force layup proof. Uh, it was a Kremlin, actually. Oh, I think nice. it was. Yeah, so it was it's very glossy paper and so pretty, and I was so tempted, but it would it would have destroyed my budget for Celebration. <laughs> it would have been like everything. And I, but I was so tempted because it was. I mean, it was just glossy. I'll see you look it because it looks like it does not look like a production card at all. It's uh, it's beautiful. Um, very tempted, but yeah, yeah. it's out, it's out. They're out there, but there. I think there's only one or two actual proof cards that, as far as I can remember, for the power of the somebody. Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. No, lovely, your you carded figures, just looking at them now. Yeah, a real feast. And in fact, actually, was they're all lined up there, and it was on Empire Strikes Back that they started to incorporate red into the logo because it, it it's mm-hmm. quite a, a white card, isn't it? The Star Wars one, and then with the white Organa and the card art, then you've got the red yeah. with Empire and Jedi. Have you got a preference against the Star Wars Empire or, or Jedi
4: logo?
0: Ooh. Um. Hmm.
4: Not really. I mean, I. I think I like. I think I like the Star Wars logo, the best. I do like the way the Empire logo pops out. In the middle of that racetrack. Um, to be honest, you've
3: you've chosen a pretty good character because anything yeah. with Leia Organa on does look the business. It really, really does. Yeah, I love it.
4: Yeah, it. the way that yeah, the the, the the white with that blue is just something about it it's just it makes it really pop. Um and then when they when, when they did add the red for the empire, it's like yeah, it really stands out. Um yeah, that's yeah, talking That'd about poppy. Awesome. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it does look good.
4: Talking about I'm staring poppy. in my collection.
3: Yeah, I was, <laughs> come back Bruce. <laughs> come, <laughs> come back to the interview. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're right
3: um large size action figures you dropped a post recently on on that and you've got a couple of really sweet pieces with regards to large size action figures can you talk me through that and and what you've got mate
4: uh yeah um it's a uh it's a lot of uh, transparencies that um the Ross Cuddy found um a few years ago and I had, well, I had one negative that I bought from another collector and I had, I sent that to Kim Simmons and he cleaned it up and printed it out for me. So it's a positive image of that. And that is a shot of the the Leia a, um, doll that was used on the box. Um, and that's that negative. And then I have um, Ross Cuddy found this, this a whole um, collection of, positive transparencies that are shots of the large size action figure that were used for the styling booklet, um, that comes with, with the doll. And, um, they're, they're the exact ones. And there's actually two images, um, two alternate shots of the hairdos that they didn't use, which is a little weird. I think I have one shot of, of a completely different hairdo. And then there's two great, transparencies that have um that have leia standing with a modified belt that has been they have added the holster from the han large size actually figure to her belt and given her han's blaster and so they have her in her a new hope white dress standing there holding han's blaster which i thought was pretty awesome i think yeah yeah, yeah nice. there's those yeah those are, those are those are fun pieces to have there's just not a lot of know, like prototype stuff around for the large size action figures I mean I know there's uh, people have first shots of the head and I think somebody has the oh yeah I know who has the uh, the actual rudder mold for um, the Princess Leia head that uh, yeah it's just very strange when you look at it from the outside because it's all this lead that's um, piled up on and it and it looks like wc fields or something because there's rotocast molds you know with the liquid plastic is the softer plastic it spins around inside and they pop the head out and so it, from the outside it looks nothing like the actual figurehead it's it's very strange um those are fun pieces yeah so large size action
3: figures what have you got then so how many
4: uh, I really only the Leia I only have one. Well, I have two boxed uh, Leia figures. One I bought from a friend of mine, uh, and then I have mine from from Luce when I was a kid. Nice. Um, but yeah, I don't. I I regret not. i really one of the things I regret not buying is the Lily Letty 12 inch Leia doll. Um, when they first popped up, I guess late 90s early 2000s of course they're much more affordable then but i always kind of hesitated on it because i never really liked the sculpt they used and the, the image of her is so tiny on the box that i really talked myself out of buying it and i kind of wish i didn't because that is a fun piece to have um, I thought at one point about trying to collect all the um, international releases of a large size figure, but then I just I talked myself out of that because space is an issue. and also um, some of those are really hard to find now.
3: So going back to your own childhood one, is this? Is there sort of telltale signs of just the hair being so played with and brushed that it's just, you know, is it's, it's fallen, up, fallen out like something from a horror movie? Or, or... <laughs> what? Well,
4: it's, weird. it's weird because I didn't, for some reason, I didn't play with the large action figures that much, even though I had almost all of them when I was a kid. I had, um, I had Luke and Leia and Han, Chewie, Vader, and Boba that yes and Very um nice. but i never really um i guess because they didn't maybe they didn't have ships or something so i never really you know played with them this that much they just sort of like stood on they sort of stood guard on my dresser when i was a kid i didn't really mess with them all that much to be honest i just i like i like the way they looked yeah. i did uh, after the empire strikes back came out i did uh, give leia you know a bun on the back of her head for a while <laughs> <laughs> when i was a kid I was like, oh, Leon's got to be do. <laughs> I bet I could do, do that. I got to do. I can do that one. Yeah, and uh so, yeah. You're talking about
3: your yeah, action figures and, and hair and stuff. Vintage <laughs> first shot of
4: the hairbrush. Oh yeah, yeah. I picked that up. Uh, it was a Celebration five or six. I got that from Brock Walker. um Yeah, it's a little. It's shot in like this milky white plastic. It's, uh... well, the interesting thing is that the bionic woman that Kenner did, she also comes with a hairbrush. It's a similar shape, but it doesn't, the teeth are completely different. But this one's also completely, dif- this one's also not quite the same as the Leia brush either, but it's, from what I was told from the source I got it from, it, it was mint, you know, it was an early version of the hairbrush that just didn't didn't get used. They, right. they decided to go with a different sculpt. Um, I think there's a lot more teeth on the one that actually produced, and the teeth are much shorter. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah, so cool, though, just to get something as part of the process. Uh, yeah. I, I love that. I saw the fact that you've got a first shot, Leah Organa, with... Well, yeah. can you tell me about that, please?
4: I got, it, I got it from Matthias Rendau. It's, it's an early first shot of the Leia figure and it's, it's hand glued. Um, it doesn't have a, a CLO or anything and her, her hair and belt are hand and hands are hand painted. And she has a hand cut cape and she's just, just extra flashing on the legs from the mold, or the little bit of extra plastic spilled out. Um, the detail on the sculpt looks so much sharper than a, from a production figure, um, because the I guess the mold that they did this from was in house at Kenner was so sharp and new that. If you look at it next to a production figure, and and all all the sculpted detail in a production figure is so much softer than what you see when you look at like the folds in her dress and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of fascinating. And the hand cut cape that she has is a different um, shape. I think I, I sent you pictures. Yeah, it's a different shape and a different material than the production cape. And uh, and what's so cool is that like, she's had this cape on basically for about you know what 40 years and and all the the hand uh, the paint that was painted hand painted on the hair has been rubbing off on the inside of the cape and um it's just kind of funny to me for whatever reason um yeah i just i love how you can see so much more detail when you're really up close to it it's a fun piece
3: yeah i mean i want to ask you because I have not asked this question before of someone who owns something like this. As a Star Wars fan, as someone who grew up with the toys, who's got all the nostalgia, everything else, how does it feel to own something like a first shot? I could only
4: imagine. It's, yeah, it's, it's... I mean, it's, it's strange. It's, uh, honestly, what will always be interesting to me is how any of this survived um, because it's all, I mean, it's, it's such ephemera, you know, it's, yeah. these printed, carded, you know, paper stuff and these toys that are meant to be played with and disposed of and um, the fact that any of these proof cards survived is, is, is pretty amazing actually and very cool. Yeah, it's interesting from a historical perspective. Yeah,
3: no, I, I, I get that. I think the reason I, I was asking was, I don't know, I'm just, such a fan of it and i i I kind of like curating my little collection you know people come around friends family and stuff and i just sort of say oh this is this i think it's stuff like the revenge proof because it's got a story behind it you know you can say about oh yeah yeah, this happened that happened so i think you know if i was to say to you know to whoever was visiting oh yeah you know this, this is part of the production process of when they were putting it together to me it's just that's huge. It's it's massive. I just, I don't know. I just think it would be wonderful to own a little bit of vintage history like that. I just think you know, yeah. it's it's wonderful that these things have survived. I'm so glad and grateful that people have been doing you know various dumpster <laughs> jump in and stuff to to collect yeah. stuff and the way in which the these have been passed on from the uh, Kenner engineers in the first place. But yeah. yeah. It, I think yeah. something like that just... for me would be a highlight of my collection.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, I really, I really really like it. Um, to me, it's, I think it's one of the, I, th- I honestly think it's probably the best Leia sculpt that they did for the Vintage line. And I love the way that her legs are sort of her sculpted to almost give the hint of a skirt but it's really it, she looks like she's wearing bell bottoms and uh yes. which is to me is very disco and i wonder <clears throat> i've always wondered if it was a holdover from i think jim Swearingen did the mock up for these figures using the fisher price adventure people and i'm pretty sure that that female figure does have flares that the that, that, that her the that she oh, yeah. does have like a bell bottom appearance on her, on her, uh, around her boots. And I was, so I'm wondering if they did it because of that. It was a holdover or were they trying to avoid uh, sculpting her like, you know, something like the Emperor? Because the way they did this is pretty ingenious. And instead of giving her a skirt, they sculpted two legs so she can fit in the next wing fighter, she can fit in the land speeder. Whereas, you know, like the sculpt for the emperor which in Return of the Jedi line you can't really do much with his legs because yeah. it's a split <laughs> skirt yeah. he's not going to be flying anything anytime soon but yeah I, I love that figure because yeah I love the sculpt I wish they'd sculpted her so she could hold her blaster in either hand yeah I always thought that was strange
3: yeah she's got a
4: karate chop
3: left hand doesn't she
0: yeah
4: yeah yeah, but I, was, yeah, I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, it doesn't look like Carrie, but it's like very generic, cute face, you know. So it works. Yeah. yeah, it definitely works.
3: So with regards to your collection, you've um, you've now got a pretty good proof run, haven't you? As well. So I know we've spoken about some pre-production bits and pieces, but yeah, you is your proof run almost
4: complete? Oh, oh well, no, no, um for me it is i think because i i do have i have a Star Wars 12 back proof and excuse me i have that Empire Strikes back um, 31 proof and then i i have a revenge proof which is one of the last ones i bought like just a couple of years ago and then i have uh, return of the jedi so there's a lot more examples out there but they are very hard to track down at this point and when you can find one they're very very expensive so yeah. at this point i'm calling this complete because i have star wars yeah. empire and jedi yeah. um, exactly. so i have one from each film so i'm going to call it i'm going to call that complete <laughs> that would that would be my interpretation <laughs> Jerry, of complete absolutely yeah 100 percent with yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very happy and very lucky um, to have managed to get those, pick those up over the years. Um, I'm intrigued yeah, it
3: was... that you said the Revenge was the last one because I, I thought, we, you know, within the last, I don't know, within the last, say, eight, ten years or so, the Revenge mm-hmm. one seemed to be generally across the vintage range it's the revenge ones which often change hands more readily you you, you found the revenge one the toughest
4: to get did you well it was, it was the last one i got um i mean i had i would seen it for sale you know over the years and i had the opportunity when you know back when i was lurking on rebel stone to get them for much cheaper but i just didn't pull the trigger at the time i wish i had uh but yeah, I just won this, this one revenge proof. Cause I had Star Wars and Empire and, and Jedi and I thought I was going to just stay at that, just the three. But then this one was listed on eBay a couple years ago. It was a little high, but I really wanted it and hadn't seen one for sale in so long that I just decided to pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, and um yeah it's it's a cool piece it's
3: lovely it really is having the four of them lined up like that it is is gorgeous uh, yeah nice yeah. one congrats it's complete i'm <laughs> totally with you on that yeah, one that's right yeah. there's a question i've got for you let's just move away from organa just for a second you know i know okay. that you also look at hoth bespin uh, endor and is mm-hmm. it bush or bausch
4: I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on what day it is. Sometimes I say "bouch," sometimes I say Boosh, because they, they don't say it out loud, no. do they, in the film? And so I, I'm not sure exactly how it's supposed to be said. But yeah, it's a, yeah, I did. Um, I had more of those Cardiff figures, but when, I think it, it was, when, well, when I was going to fund the first shot, I sold some of my other Leia's to purchase that so because i used to have a bespin leia uh, 30 back palatoy oh lovely i sold her yeah i sold her and that was a lot of the (laughs) the first shot purchase right there um because i had purchased that one many years ago um i found that on on a japanese auction site when they used to do yahoo auctions japan yeah and I would, I would occasionally find stuff on there. And that was one of those that, that just appeared out of nowhere. You know, I was like, oh my God, a Palatoy 30 pack. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had her for a, a long time. And I finally I got, I got, I sold her to help fund that. And yeah, I, but yeah, I did. I kept the, I have the other, I have Indoor Leia and Bosch Leia and Bespin and Hoff Leia, all of them try lego cards. I still like my, those Tri-Lego cards.
3: Yeah, I've seen no. that photograph. Yeah, they look great together. I think you just said Boosh, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to give you this now, because obviously in the movies it's Han, Han, Leia, Leia. They, they mix it up in the movies. But, mm-hmm. and I can go on record here, the rainbow read-along cassettes say Boosh. That's what I'm going
0: with. Okay. Tried with Jabba, but he enslaved them. Oh, dear. Then Chewbacca was sold to Jabba by a bounty hunter named Bush. <laughs> but late one night, Bush approached the carbonite block that held Han. A switch was thrown, and the block melted. Han was free. He faced Bush. <laughs> who are you? The figure
1: removed its helmet.
0: Someone who loves you. Now let's move it, Flyboy.
1: It was Princess
4: Leia. That's what I'm going with. Um, so I guess we just have to remember the mighty Boosh and then yeah. we'll remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah,
3: she is the mighty Boosh. <laughs> so, best spin Leia. Right, let's just go there for a second because, mm-hmm. as you'd be aware, they, they had a card change, didn't they? They had a card art change. Now, yeah. the 30 back, the Palatoy 30 back, that it's got my favourite version on. I don't know which version's yours. I'm gonna describe them to you, and you you tell me which one you think. So you've got when they came out on the on the thirty ones on the Kenner. You've got the you're late for your dinner look, which is the thirty one B. She just looks mm-hmm. in a real foul mood. But the one mm-hmm. which I prefer the what the thirty one A, the one which they moved away from. The one I, there's something about that. That she's looking like there's something going on in my head that you're not aware of, but I'm going to ruin you. It's a really, it's, in my mind, it's a really, I love it. I I, I think she's just looking at the, uh, at the owner of that card, just saying, I'm going to ruin you. And uh, I much <laughs> prefer that to the, you're late for your dinner look of the 31B. What's your preference?
4: let's see uh so you like the first one yeah i like the one which the... i think it
3: it's it's sort of belly button up whereas the other uh, one the... is sort of down to the knees
4: Okay. Are you talking about the one where she's looking straight on and she's got her head tilted, sort of forlornly looking at you? Yeah, that's the, the one I don't
3: like as much.
4: Uh, that's yeah, the one. I don't like that one. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that one as much either. I like what I think is the first one where she's kind of like she's sort of three quarters to the side and she's yeah. gla- almost glaring at you. Yeah, um, but I like that one, and I'm not sure why they. Because didn't they change? They changed it to the other one. Yeah, they, they did. And they out. changed the Luke
3: Best spin it around the same time. But mm-hmm. there's something about that. Was just, um, it's just it's it's my preferred version. Yeah, the other one yeah. just looks like I've just walked through the front door and she's looking at me as if to say, "You're late for your tea. Where have you been?" Uh, and that's yeah. that's the vibe I'm getting from that one. But anyway, yeah. die <laughs> Okay, so. Your collection. I mean, there's loads we can talk about. There is, there is really loads. I I know that you've got various different things. We've just got a couple of final questions for you and bits which we want to cover. What's your grail, Bruce?
4: Ooh, um, hmm. um, I don't know. I would. I mean, I would like. I'd like to. I mean, I'd like to have a, a Clipper twelve back but. I'm not sure.
3: Uh, do you know what? That's a lovely place to be at. Clipper 12. Yeah.
4: yeah, <laughs> that. yeah honestly, but b- when just moving, oh my God, I've Just <laughs> I reached a point where I was just, all I wanted to do was throw everything in my house away, except for my Star Wars stuff. You know, so right now, me even thinking about buying anything else, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> okay. don't I need anything else. Uh, that's fine. That's, that, me.
3: That, that's all good so let's let's focus then on what what you have rather than what you haven't got so you you sent me some stuff and uh, there's a few things which stick out a few things which you, you like as you have you've, you've brought to my attention so the japanese uh, keshi is keshigomo figures the uh, mm-hmm. figure of the razors, yeah they're they're yes. they're quite special aren't they
4: yeah those are really fun cuz um they there's little figures um They came out in gumball machines in Japan and the figural figural erasers. And uh, all the rest of them, I'm almost positive, the male figures are all standing straight up. For some reason, they decided to sculpt Leia bowing from the waist as if she's greeting somebody or know it's very. It's just. Yeah, it's very, like it's always me as a little a yeah, 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 yeah. Very a little strange. It's like is she, is she being submissive or is she being nice? What is happening here? I was like, but I'm probably reading too much into a slight bow from the waist. But <laughs> maybe they just wanted to make it interesting because because she couldn't have a weapon. I don't know, but uh yes, yeah. Those are those are fun, and uh, the fact that they cast her in black is so strange, visually yeah I think they just reserve reserve that for the vader uh Kishis.
3: is there a few different colors as well i have a
4: i have a blue one a yellow one and a black one those are those are fun yeah pieces nice. i like those yeah i like i generally like the early stuff that doesn't get a lot of love uh and then some, of, and some of the illustrations that some of the different companies did um, that seemed to get away from uh, just using straight photographs are fun. Uh, I like the uh, the Dixie Cup box art that yeah. was painted for that cover. That's awesome. Yeah, all the eyeball stuff. I I'll, I'll have a bunch of it, but I don't collect everything. It's just it has to. Sh- it has to hit me in a certain way. I really like the Helix uh, pencil case. The illustration on that, that's a, that's a fun piece because she's kind of standing with her hands on her hips yeah. glaring at you. That's, that's, that's a neat one.
3: Yeah, um, so you had that. And you've got the um, Helix eraser as well, haven't you?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And what are these bootleg pinbacks, the glittery sort of prismatic ones?
4: It was a, a, a mail-order company called Star Trek Galore. Pete Vilmer, as um talked about them before, they did a lot of bootleg Star Trek and Star Wars merchandise back in the day, a lot of unlicensed uh, bumper stickers and pinbacks and stuff. And they did some that they look just like if someone cut out a, uh, a portrait of one of the main characters from a Kenner sticker and put it right on a sort of prismacolor, lenticular, um, reflective, uh, backdrop, and then put that on a pin. And there are some that look that are, they have glitter backgrounds. Um, again, very disco, very seventies. Um, uh, yeah, that was, uh, those, those are fun pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, uh, usually, if, if I see one of those on eBay, if, if it's usually, if it's, you know, buy it now, I'll jump right all over it <laughs> <laughs> because those are so fun. And they're, they're, they don't come up that often they're not usually not very expensive but they just they're pretty rare to find or harder to find i should say i
0: guess
3: yeah i, I love i love you beyond the toys bits and pieces which you've got that you pointed out your soap you
4: mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> yeah, don't know if just...
3: you've got yours in front of you
4: yeah it's a. Uh... The Figural Soap, I mean, yeah, like a, like a, it was, I mean, it's a, it's a common piece, but it's just one of those things that's just bizarre. It's, it's not the greatest sculpt, but uh, it's one of those things that that caught Carrie's attention when their licensing was out. She, uh, she always, uh, she talks about it in her show, she talks about um, the fact that she was made into a shampoo bottle so you can twist her head off and pour liquid out of her neck and uh she's a pez dispenser so her daughter could you know pop her head back and you know pull candy out of her neck whenever she was mad but yeah the coffee on this princess leia's soap that was made by omni on the back it has the greatest ad copy and carrie used it at her show um She's powerful at helping you to get rid of ugly dirt and grime. Lather up with Leia and you'll feel just like a princess yourself. You know, it's so yeah, over the brilliant. top. And, uh, yeah, it's just so ridiculous. Uh, unintentionally funny. No, I love that. Lather
3: up with Leia. Very good. That would make an excellent title for a podcast. But yeah, yeah right. that's a, another day for another show. Yeah, there... and there's one other thing I want to talk about here. Cause you've given a group shot of your favorite oddball items. You've got Mexican knockoff. You, you've got the Helix case. Yeah. But I've I've not seen I've not heard of this before. I've not seen it on YouTube if it exists. You've got a VHS cassette of Carrie Fisher hosting Saturday Night Live, dressed oh, as yeah. Leah on the cover, and that looks brilliant. Yeah. I've not I've not seen that image before.
4: Yeah, she actually when she was hosting the show she comes out you know because the female the celebrity host comes out and she comes out dressed as princess leia so that image on the front oh, is a shot of her from the show and uh, and she explains in her monologue that she was afraid people wouldn't know who she was unless she wore the oh. hairstyle and the dress and uh and yeah it's um it's it's a pretty funny episode she does a musical number where she's actually in a gold two piece bathing suit, wearing the Leia Buns hairdo. They do they do like a Frankie Annette, Annette Feloncello, Beach Blanket bingo skit sort of ripoff and a send up. And yeah, and yeah it's, it, it's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> you got me all wrong. I'm no cheap tramp from tomorrow. I'm no space slut! I'm a teenager from outer space
3: I've never seen that before in my life. That looks amazing. Excellent. That's no, great. Bruce, are there any other elements of stars collecting that you're interested in that you might not get to talk about much? I mean, casting
4: crew or storyboards? I don't get into the movie props and stuff. That seems to be an area that sort of kind of, especially the paper stuff, it seems to be too easy to counterfeit and... Provenance is everything and it's it seems really like a very pricey hobby that I'm not Fair enough. Don't really want to get into. (laughs) Keep at arm's
3: (laughs) length, keep at arm's length, stay on target, twelve back clipper. Stay on target.
4: Exactly, exactly. Is it Princess? No, then I can't have it.
3: (laughs) 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 What's your favorite collecting story or moment in your in in all your time collecting?
4: It's always, it's always the fellow collectors that I meet when I when I've gone when I've had the opportunity to go to conventions. Those are always you know the best stories is usually meeting people. I, I I knew Shane Turgeon from Rebel Scum for a long time before um, I met him at Celebration Five, he he offered um, he needs some help running the tattoo pavilion, and you know we could uh, get a weekend pass if we you know, helped set up and worked a certain amount of hours you know over the over the convention. Uh, so Leslie and I did that, and it, it's it's so funny just meeting somebody for the first time um, that you've only talked to on the internet. That you've only ever communicated with, and Shane is just one of those people who immediately just greets you with a hug. You know, you're not a stranger. You know, no. and he's and he, all weekend he introduced me. This is my friend Bruce, and he's introducing me to other collectors, and I'm meeting friends through him, and and just yeah, just everybody that that I've met. It, those are those are um, what I remember. I mean, I remember deals too but i mean it's it's more friendships than anything i mean i I bought this 12 pack proof card that i have from a good friend of mine and that's and yeah so that's that that has a a little bit of value behind it um in that regard you know but yeah it's always I, i enjoy meeting people and socializing yeah lovely oh no that's really
3: great that's really really lovely to hear it's just been absolutely wonderful chatting to you this evening uh, well, oh yeah
4: you too yeah I, like i said I, I i don't get a chance to nerd out like this um and my friends that come over to my house um i have friends that that are nerds and they it well i don't mean that to race, well you know and uh friends that aren't star wars collectors that come over and they look at and they look at all these layers and they just like what is happening what is wrong with <laughs> <laughs> i had one a good friend of mine who He's looking at my collection he said, "Wait, something's going on with the cards I was like, yes, they're all from different countries thank you <laughs> and then these that aren't they're all different and he said, oh, okay I said, yeah see there's a reason that ah I got it okay it's the packaging I said yes
0: <laughs> exactly
3: and and these are the people who have walked past an inflatable sex pig, which mm-hmm. I think you've got framed somewhere so I guess anything I, goes, really, in, exactly. in the white household.
4: <laughs> exactly.
3: Cool. Bruce, mate, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. You are a Generation Skywalker. Thanks
4: a million. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jez. I appreciate it.
2: Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always.
3: Bruce, once again, thank you so much. It's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you about your collection and what a stunning collection it is. Lads, you've seen it. What what an absolutely diamond collection. And there's one thing which I want to talk about a little bit. Bruce was talking about his large size action figures, the 12-inch line. Craig, 12-inch, I've set you the challenge, mate. What do you know about the 12-inch Leah large-size action figure?
2: Well, it was uh, it was 12-inch high, and it was released worldwide by Kenner and its international subsidiaries. So we had Kenner Canada, Palatoy and Dennis Fisher in the UK, Toltoys, Meccano, Clipper, Takara and Lily Leddy. Though true to type, Lily Leddy was uh, was quite different in a, in a number of ways. But, um, you know, she came with everything you'd want. Rooted hair, uh, a white gown with a hood. Shoes, stockings and a screen-accurate silver belt. And she was also packed not with a blaster, but with a small plastic mirror and comb and a booklet explaining how to achieve different hairstyles. So it's clear that Kenner intended this to be a crossover toy that would sit alongside fashion dolls in the girls' toy aisle. Despite this, she takes second bill in after Darth Vader and before Luke and Chewbacca in Kenner's TV ad promoting the line, where she's heralded as champion of the rebel cause and the ad leans heavily into the posability and the accessories though there's no mention made of any hairbrushes. history tells us that the large size action figure line wasn't a great seller and that the relative amount of ex shop stock that still in circulation for the Leodol suggests that she was probably at the bottom of the popularity pile there were plans for a second wave of figures and outfit packs, including uh, flight suits, ponchos, arctic, space disco sets for Leah, though they were scrapped. However, the canny home dressmaking pattern makers Butterick were already ahead of Kenna in pushing her into uh, fashion doll territory. So there's a large size action figure of Leah that appears on the pattern pack number 224 in a natty A-line skirt alongside Charlie's Angels and Marie Osmond and other character dolls of the era, which is quite a nice little supplement to any uh, 12-inch Lear setup. So I think the the, the sculpt still stands today as a great likeness of Carrie Fisher, and I think coupled with the colours and the imagery and the design of the window box she came in, it just makes for a stunning vintage collectible by anybody's standards. I mean, it's absolutely one of my favourites. On the market, I think for a complete loose one, you're looking for anything from, you know, 90 to 150 pounds. Though She's she's nigh on impossible to find with her space buns intact. They were obviously one of the first things to go. A boxed Kenner version, maybe, you know, 120 to 400 pounds, depending on the condition. But you can expect to pay uh, a little more for kind of non-US variants. That said, a mint box Lily Leddy one went for $2,607. At hakes in july this year
5: blimey when you say craig about i mean we're gonna this is this is 12 inch but you said oh it, it wasn't a successful line do you not think it was a successful line because there's 12 inch dolls everywhere do you just think i always just think more of that they were making such a killing with the three and three quarter inch that they they turn their focus but
2: I, th- I think if you if you kind of read into it it's it, that that size was was Declining in popularity, so the 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 the, 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 you're right. The three and three quarters stuff came in. You could have all the ships scaled. Um, It was a lot more collectible. And I think that I think the fashions changed. You know, I think only a couple of years before that, it was all about the six million dollar man and Jamie Summers, and you know they were the big they were the big figures. And I think that that these twelve inch ones were overlooked in favour of the smaller things. I remember looking at them in the in the shops and thinking, well, you know, I had Action Man. and Action Man was was twelve inch, but it just the the scope and the scale wasn't there. You could buy a Luke Skywalker figure, but you couldn't buy any accessories for him in a little pack, or you know, a dog or a guard tower or a rope bridge. <laughs> you know, it was just it was just that, and it felt quite limiting compared to what was available in the three and three quarter line. So I kind of I, I do kind of get it, and and you know that it's the fact that there's lots of you know sealed unsold stuff out there suggests that it wasn't as successful as they wanted it to be
3: you guys just talking about large size action figures and thanks ever so much for that craig you just got me having a good nosy having a good snoop in my (laughs) large size action this is what happens isn't it in the podcast i'm like oh just have a little look at that so yeah i've got my one large size action figure which is my stormtrooper and every now and then, you you just forget about some of the things in your collection, and it's at times like this you just go back and have a little, a little look at it and just think, yeah, actually, that's the business, and it it really is good. I can see why people do focus on these. I can see why Lee Bullock, you know, loves collecting these, and focus collectors just love getting them in there. So to see this and to see this in in Bruce's collection, you know, to see it in David's collection, the you know the Leah, the unproduced Empire Strikes Back one, but the original as well. The box flats, they are cool, aren't they? They are so very seventies. They're so very eighties. I love them.
2: But they stand up. I think that I think the sculpts are great. I think that sculpt of Carrie is wonderful. It's it's yeah. charming. It's soft. It's got a lot of character. It's, it's it's still great.
3: And for Bruce to have the you know the pre-production hairbrush <laughs> i love that i mean what what an absolutely gem of a piece to have that you know he, he's he got that in his collection as well and of course he has he's bruce he collects Carrie, uh Carrie stuff i've done it again he collects leah stuff uh, i just yeah it's brilliant so an absolutely wonderful collection love the 12 inch line Stu, you found a couple other 12 inch pieces on the star wars collectors archive haven't you with regards to leah <laughs>
5: yeah i did you? yeah <laughs> While I was delving around. Hey. Um well, Craig just mentioned some of the other dressing up pieces, and on the archive, quite an amazing piece. So this is from um, Todd Chamberlain's uh, collection, and he has got the prototype for the poncho figure. I mean, some of those outfits that that is taking it back to Action Man type type thing, isn't it? Because they're not Star Wars-y. I mean, this is this is like a, an orangey poncho with some. Kind of turquoise, kind of leggings with some brown knee-high high boots and a pair of binoculars around the thing, and it's like, I mean, that look you'd get away with now. I'd probably say that's very in. That's by the by. This is, you know, it's basically a standard twelve-inch Princess layer doll, which has been which has been done up, but he's got some fascinating pieces in this. So he's got a a photo sample, which was used in Steve Sansweet's from from uh, from Star Wars from concept to screen to collectible book. They think it's probably the same figure. So that's an amazing piece on its own. And then he's even got the the cut What were they made of, They just look like cardboard. Bits of bits of um what are they called? My mind my mind's totally blank. Templates. To Template is the Template. word I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So they've got the templates for the poncho and the outfits. He's got the original cardboard templates, which is an amazing piece. And I mean I mean what a cabinet this is. Just a shelf in a collection. He's then got the um the costings and the bits of fabric and the paperwork that goes with it, quote samples for determining the production costs, uh, different patterns, all with handwritten identifications to what is what and several specification sheets. I mean, it is is—it is sensational. And then he's got bits of fabric, envelopes, which things were stored in, which the photo samples were stored in. What a, an amazing piece to have in any collection. I mean, that that's just amazing. On his own Todd Chamberlain's collection must be immense. I know. But you you mentioned the Bespin one that didn't get didn't get made. Now they had Han Hoff, Luke Bespin, Lando, and Leia Bespin. Very far down the line. I mean, we 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 see box flats. I'm aware that there's a handful of Leia Bespin dull prototypes out there, which um, she's got different haircuts. So they they had made a lot of changes to it. There was even a. Um, even a Tonton in this size range for Han Hoff to sit on, which,
0: yeah.
5: I mean, that is just amazing on its own. And incredibly, the 1980 Meccano product catalogue, which um, would be given to retailers to encourage them to, to stock these, these lines, these actually feature in that catalogue. All four of them and the Tonton are there alongside the Stormtrooper Fair IG88, all on the same page. And the figures in there, there. They are proper prototype ones, hand-painted figures. But, um, yeah, they did. They got as far as the retail catalogues, which quite an interesting point. I think those four dolls in the 12-inch range would have been amazing to have. They really would have been. They would have just set that 12. Is there 12, 12 inches? There isn't there? There's a question off the top of your head. Was there 12 produced? And Ben, Leia, Luke, Chewy r2 c3po jower fett ig stormtrooper fader yeah 12 of them so they had 12 so that would have made another a a line of 16 would have been brilliant absolutely brilliant and that that catalogs in the um, collection of Stephen forecourt and if you actually um if you actually got any of his i think he's in the advertising book and i think it's in his from meccano to um all oh, the french touch book I, I know that this is this is well covered in those books if you want to learn a bit more amazing
3: absolutely brilliant Stu. love it i love seeing the uh, 12 inch or the large size action figure tauntaun but yeah, lando leah luke in hand they looked absolutely brilliant what a shame but large size action figures love them i think for the time being that is princess leah organa original Should we talk about the next one? Let's
0: talk about Bespin.
3: Normally we go straight into the car backs, we talk about the figure a little bit, but no, gonna go straight to Ron, because he kills it in this one. Let's go straight over to Uncle Ron Salvatore. He's gonna talk to us all about Leah Bespin.
0: Hello there. Come here, my little friend. Don't be afraid. Hello, what have we
1: here? Well, one can accuse the man we know as Lando Calrissian of many things, but a lack of taste is certainly not one of them. Lando was a connoisseur. He knew a good thing when he saw one. This is Ron Salvatore of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, and today I'll be discussing the action figure known as Leia Organa, parentheses, Bespin Gown, or just Bespin Leia, if you want to be simple about it. Of course, Bespin Leia was the second small action figure released by Kenner representing Princess Leia, the familiar character played by the late Carrie Fisher. Released in 1980 just as the Empire Strikes Back hit theaters, it represented a new and boldly different take on the character. Gone were the star puffs' hairdo and iconic white robes. In their place was a staid and rather earthbound coiffure, comprised of braids and a neat little bun, and the outfit was now burgundy. Yes, the package called it a gown, but Kenner's toy translation of said garment perhaps left something to be desired. It consisted of a sculpted skirt and a removable vinyl cape with a decorative pattern printed on it. Where the character's movie wardrobe was soft, feminine, and flowing, the figure's was, well, rather stiff. But then, it was the 80s, and we're talking about a $2 peg toy here. Nailing flowiness and femininity were largely outside the capacities of the form. But that didn't mean Kenner didn't take a shot at it. Of all of their small action figures, Bespin Leia was perhaps the girliest. The figure debuted on a 31-back blister card, along with nine additional Empire characters. The photo decorating this blister card was, for my money, one of the most appealing in the Kenner line. It depicted Miss Fisher in profile, her head turned slightly to the camera, a forceful but somewhat enigmatic expression on her youthful face. It's an arresting image. It stops you in your tracks. I gotta tell ya, just looking at it brings out the Lando in me. So why did Kenner change it? Because they did change it. That's right, by late 1980, when the 32-back range hit stores, the Bespin Leia blister featured a totally different photo. The new one depicted Leia from the front at a low angle, and the look on her face said, Well, I'm not so sure how to describe it. She almost looks like she's blaming you for a fart. The look is a bit accusatorial, and it's definitely disappointed. But there's also a hint of resignation in it. She knows that you're hopeless, and that you'll probably fart again at the least provocation. I've never seen documentation that reveals why Kenner implemented this photo change, but it's notable that the blister card for the Bespin version of Luke Skywalker was changed at the same time. The Luke revision strikes me as an improvement. I get why they changed that one, but the Leia confuses me. I really just don't get it. In case you're wondering, the photo art used to create the 31-back Bespin Leia card still exists. It can be seen on the Star Wars Collector's Archive. As loose collectors know, a significant variation also affects the figure itself. Whereas the torso of the original Leobespin featured a long neck that was painted in a flesh-toned color, by 1981 this was revised. Why was it revised? Well, the original neck looked terrible, like a fleshy cork, a ziggurat even. I'm pretty sure Richard Dreyfuss sculpted this neck out of potatoes in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So Kenner executed what is known in the toy industry as a running change, a modification made after an item has gone into mass production. The revised figure had a torso with a substantially slimmer neck, and because the neck was left unpainted, the figure is sometimes called the turtleneck variant. In truth, the development of the Bespin Leia figure was characterized by neck problems. You might say the figure was a real pain in the neck to the folks at Kenner. We know this because hard copy prototypes of the figure exist with differing neck structures. In case you're wondering, a hard copy is an early prototype that is molded in a urethane material from a mold made using the original sculpt. Because hard copies were made so early in the production process, they can tell us a lot about the history of a toy's creation. I personally own a hard copy torso of Bespinlea. It's taped to a slip of paper on which is written, Revised Leia Neck, sent July 22, 1980. It presumably represents the revised sculpt that was sent to Kenner's vendors to execute the running change to the figure. But what of that sculpt? Does the original wax sculpt for Bespin Leia exist? Yes, well, sort of. Let me explain. The torso and legs survived. The arms, though, are lost. As for the head, it appears to have been revised a number of times. A sculpted alternate survives along with several wax casts and hard copies representing various sculpting iterations. At least one of these iterations depicts the character with an open mouth. To get a sense of the complexity of this subject, check out my write-up on the Star Wars Collectors Archive entitled Original Wax Sculpting and Prototypes for Bespin Princess Leia Action Figure. It's a long one, but it may be worth your time. Yes, Kenner struggled with getting Fisher's likeness right. So did Hasbro around 15 years later. Remember monkey Face Leia? Its ugliness was legendary. People are still talking about it and it's been nearly 30 years, just like your awkwardness in high school. This wasn't a problem in 1978. It was in that year that Kenner issued a very lovely likeness of Fisher as part of their original 12-back line. The success there may be because noted toy sculptor Joyce Clark was on the beat. Clark, who had worked with Mattel, was an expert sculptor of dolls. Her sculpts for the original Leia and Luke figures are in my view superb. They nail the sweet spot between naturalism and toyetic idealism in a way rarely approached by Kenner's later figures representing those characters. Why am I talking of original Leia rather than her best-been successor? Well, because they're the same figure. Confused? Well, I don't blame you. As I explained in a blog post a few years ago, Bespin Leia was likely sculpted over Clark's wax sculpt representing original Leia. That's right, I believe they sculpted right over the original. This practice was probably more common than you think. We know for sure this happened in the case of two figures in particular. Hoth Stormtrooper was sculpted over the original Stormtrooper. And Bosque was sculpted over, wait for it, Blue Snaggletooth. I know it's crazy, but documentation exists for both modifications, and if you compare the original figures side-by-side with their resculpts, I think you'll see the similarities. Anyway, I'm pretty confident at this point that original Leia became Bespin Leia. This certainty was aided somewhat by collector Bruce White, who noticed that the sculpt for Bespin Leia looks as though it's had wax of a different color added to the inside of its legs. That would be to form the figure's skirt, which of course did not exist on the legs of the original figure. By the way, Bruce also noticed that the arms for the original Leia, Bespin Leia, and Leia Bausch are all pretty similar. Naturally, this suggests that the arms of the Bespin Leia sculpt are missing because they were re-sculpted into arms for Leia Bausch. Fascinating, right? To delve deeper into this topic, see the post on the SWCA blog entitled, Do-Overs, Repurposed Action Figure Sculpts, and Resculpt Redux. Spoiler warning, I think original Han and original Luke were probably also re-sculpted. Whoa, did I just get all M. Night Shyamalan on you or what? Don't worry, the remainder of this recording will be somewhat more interesting than the last airbender. Or at least I hope so, no guarantees on that. Leia Bespin was a mainstay of Kenner's action figure line through the end of The Return of the Jedi. Interestingly, no power of the force coin was sculpted for the figure, and, as far as I know, a power of the force-proof card representing the character does not exist. This, along with the figure’s absence from Kenner’s 1985 Toy Fair catalog, likely indicates that Bespin Leia was not planned for the initial waves of the Power of the Force line. Had the line succeeded, it probably would have been sprinkled into assortments at a later date. What else is out there? Well, not a ton. There are, of course, non-U.S. carded versions of Bespin Leia, including a very nice tri-logo issue. There are also a few catalog mailer packs from retailing giants of the 1980s. See the archives feature on those for more information. Of course, the greatest of all Bespin Leia items produced by Kenner was their large size action figure representing the character. Well, it actually wasn't produced, but it nearly was. It and the corresponding box flat are among the big kahuna prototypes available to collectors provided, that is, they have boatloads of cash, because that's what you need to purchase them. In case you aren't aware, the large-size line was canceled early in 1980, meaning that several Empire characters planned for release never hit store shelves. Well, except for IG-88, but you probably know that. Another interesting prototype that ties into the Bespin Leia figure is an early box for Kenner's playset representing Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. On it, gal is depicted being hung by her feet from the ceiling. The production box, of course, depicts the Death Squad commander. The change was likely implemented because, in The Empire Strikes Back, it's the Imperials who are brutalized in the depicted environment, whereas Princess Leia never even appears on a Star Destroyer. Yes, Leia was more or less tortured in both Star Wars and Jedi, but not in Empire, unless of course you consider Lando's advances to be torturous. And, come to think of it, maybe they were. We live in a more enlightened age, after all. So clean up your act, Lando. And while you're at it, give those Ugnats a raise. On that totally idiotic note, I'm out. Hope to talk to you guys soon. The Rebel Alliance is too well equipped. They're more dangerous than you realize.
3: Ron, you nailed it. Might as well pack up the shop. That's everything we need to know about Leah Bespin. Ron, thank you so much. What, What an absolutely brilliant section. So moving on, you know, we've, we've spoken about the card art figures. Ron has spoken about the the release. In fact, the different Lear cards. Before we come on the photo art, the different card art. Ron has mentioned he's got you know y- y- two different versions, particularly the one where it looks like she smells a fart. What are your thoughts on the Lear card back, the the card art for Bespin? Yeah, do you have a preference?
5: Oh well, we've got we've got two. One of them is sultry. Mm. Once, like telling you to go and tidy your bedroom.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what I refer it? to that one. So that one's the later one. The the one they changed it to, remarkably. So it went from the sort of sultry mm, to the you're late for tea. Where on earth have you been? Look, Do you know that that that's what I get from that. But I'm going to go to Craig because Craig is is the artist uh, of the group. Craig is the one who sees things we don't see. Craig, what do you see with these two different changes to
2: Leah Bespin? I think, well, I, you know, I always look at them from a, from a layout point of view, and the the one where she's stood a little bit further back from the camera, where the the nameplate isn't clattering into her head, is is the one I would prefer. And you've got the blue tones in that shot, which pick up on the blue tones of the. Um, you know the, the, the key color in the nameplate and, and behind the bubble. So f- for me that's a, that's that's the more successful one of the two um, from a design point of view. But I like them both. I've always liked this figure and I've always liked this card.
3: Completely, right. I had no idea that the Leah nameplate went into her head because I was just looking at her eyes and her face and I was just I was in <laughs> that moment of sultry Leah and I, I completely get what you mean. I still do prefer this version, the you know the original one, and and I very much like I prefer the original Luke, you know the the walking Luke, Best Ben. But yeah, I, I see what you mean now that they are they are framing it so she is more in shot and not obscured with the other logos and stuff. Yeah, fair
2: point. Cheers, mate. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really, really interesting to see that. Where where they've changed the variations, and we look at you know what's available and what was not. The um, the tri logo version. We went back to the side on, but what you get with the tri logo version is because of the way the logos are, and because the nameplate is at the bottom, it doesn't interfere like the other one did with a beautiful face. So um maybe just maybe the the tri logo is one of the most sort of successful ones from a sort of Princess Leia imaging point of view. I I don't know. It
2: does, it's got warmer tones, kind of got the orange in there and a kind of warmer background.
3: Yeah, definitely something about that is really quite alluring. I do like that. Again, so with with this one, as you would imagine, on the Empire Strikes Back range all the way through, but again, no 79 back or Power of the Force uh, release for, for the best bin.
1: Sorry, am I interrupting anything? Mm. Not really. Mm. You look absolutely beautiful. You truly belong here with us among the clouds.
0: Mm. Thank you. Mm.
1: Would you join me for a little refreshment? Mm. Everyone's invited, of course. Having trouble with your droid? No,
0: no problem. Why?
3: So, lads, Leah, Bespin, the sultry one, my favourite, Craig's. He quite likes the fart one. I'm not going to put that in, Craig, but don't worry. You know, i am just rabbit in now. Lads, Leah, beyond the toys. Craig, I'm going to come straight to you because you've mentioned this before, I, th- I think, the TV Times magazine.
2: <laughs> it's another one of my little stories. So, um... Yeah, I mean, quite timely, really. A couple of weeks ago, as we record this tonight, the 40th anniversary of the uh, TV debut um, of Star Wars in the UK. And I can't stress enough how much of a massive deal that was. It was an event much talked about at school and heralded uh, that week by a massive article and and a competition in the TV Times listing magazine that landed on doormats with... Probably one of the most amazing Star Wars images I'd seen up to that point. What I didn't know at the time was that it was a heavily retouched version of a piece of art that had been created by uh, famous fantasy artist Boris Vallejo for Coca-Cola's Empire Strikes Back collection. Yeah, so are you, are you familiar with the, the, the differences with these two pieces of work? I mean, obviously, to my eyes, I'd never seen these, uh, this, this original Boris Vallejo one, which is a lot more detailed and features a lot more in terms of the characterization. So if you can imagine a front and centre large Darth Vader, he's got two pink lightsabers uh, that he's crossing over his head. And in the background, you've got TIE Fighters and Tauntauns and Dagobah and all the main characters at the front. What we got in the UK uh, was a very, very stripped back uh, version of that. Um, so we had Vader, his, his lightsabers crossing behind the TV Times logo, Chewbacca and Leia Luke and the droids. So it was very very pared down. What I did know however was that it was wrong. I mean most obviously Leia in her best bin yeah. uh, outfit and Luke in in his best bin outfit and you know to my how old would I have been 11 maybe you know to my mind this was a <laughs> this was an error that needed correcting. So seeing an opportunity to show off my precocious Star Wars knowledge and perhaps secure something from the prize pile that they were promoting inside the magazine, I wanted to kind of be helpful and point out this observation. So I wrote to the TV Times to, to tell them of this error in a kind of proto-trolling kind of way. And I don't have the original letter, but I do have the reply. <laughs> Would you like me to read? <laughs> yeah, <them? laughs>
3: okay, I can just picture this. Do TV Times... <laughs>
2: I'm writing to tell you that you have made an error on your cover. Uh, Right, so this is on TV Times magazine uh, Letterhead from uh, 247 Tottenham Court Road, London, uh, and it's dated the 22nd of November, 1982. Dear Mr Spivey, thank you for your letter and pointing out to us that we made an error on our front cover of TV Times magazine. We did actually show a picture of the people wearing clothes from The Empire Strikes Back and not from Star Wars, which was wrong. We wish you luck with the competition and are pleased that you enjoy Star Wars so much. With best wishes, yours sincerely, and there's a signature there I can't read, but it's from the Head of Readers Correspondence Department. Brilliant. <laughs> so as, as, as a collectible, I think this issue of TV Times is quite highly prized by collectors who were around at the time. I think it comes with a real... Emotional connection, as well as being a lovely Bespin leah focused piece. I mean, I, th- I think that that image of her and Han in that little embrace on the cover is just uh, just lovely. It's a it's a really nice, uh, really nice piece of art.
3: Yeah, it's it's really well put together. I mean, going back to the previous artwork which you showed, and we can come to that in a second. I do really like that. But yeah, completely with you with regards to when star wars was out on tv how much of a huge big big deal it was and how i got excited every summer saw an advert for it you know it's christmas drew year and all that sort of stuff but yeah brilliant but but to write to them and have their reply <laughs> oh that's outstanding really really good well done <laughs>
5: The, Can you just imagine their comments around the office? <laughs> oh, look at this Jobsworth that's written in. Do you... Oh, God, that's... Yeah. Craig Spivvy of Lemington. Or...
3: <laughs> for, for the next 12 months, every time there was some sort of Jobsworth letter coming in, they're like, oh, got a Spivey. Oh, what's wrong with Jean? Gene? <laughs> Jean's had a Spivey. And and, that, <laughs> and that's how it would have been. Oh, yeah.
5: dearie me. The letter would have been up on the
3: fridge.
2: <laughs> well, I kept it all these years. <laughs>
3: Uh, brilliant <laughs> brilliant stuff but the, the um who did you say it was boris like boris that? Vallejo yeah. yeah he's
2: he's famous for his you know bikini clad warrior women and stuff so um yeah from i guess from the tradition of Hildebrandt as well yeah. you know getting these artists in fantasy artists working on star wars
3: but i do like that one of his so the original one i i, I think it's 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 really good you know they've taken out They've, they've taken out Lando. They've kind of reversed 3PO a little bit. Um, they've taken out everything to do with Empire. But on that picture, you got three Lukes on that original. You know, four if you include Luke in an X-Wing. But, you know, you got Luke on Tauntaun, Luke in Dagobah, and then, you know, Luke in his best been Fatigues. So, you know, massively Luke-heavy on that one. Yeah. No, great great stuff, mate. Lovely.
5: Yes, before you move on, Jez, from this um i don't know whether you boys saw over on the deal now this craig this still hasn't sold okay and i think after your letter set this fits into your collection now we're talking original artwork so the drawing board greeting cards incorporated if you remember rightly they did the party invitations for empire strikes back 1980 they came out good fun they're basically an invitation where all the characters are standing up and you've got so they kind of stand off the page, if you get what I mean. So they've got 3PO, Leia Bespin, Han Solo, Chewie, Fett, Vader, R2 and Luke Bespin. But um, and instead of birthday party and then you had your time and place, you used to fill it. I, I mean, I'm not sure they still do party invitations like that. But someone on the Deal or No Deal group on Facebook around about a month ago was selling the original uh, hand-drawn artwork for this. And included a print example by an artist known as Mary Grace. Still available. It's a fantastic piece. Leia Bespin looks amazing in it. And Craig, I think you need to go and buy this. It's,
2: that's cracking. Yeah. I, I, I must have seen this image as we've been sharing them, but I've not really studied it. But yeah, I, I like this range. I like the little kind of the, the stripy motif. Because it went around the plates, didn't they it? Did, they did plates as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's still it's still available, is
5: it? Still available. It got turned down for $2,500. So, um, oh, oh. but, oh, um, mm, what's yeah. that for a Star Wars collector?
3: <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> mm, I nearly just said, God, Craig, do it, do it. I love a live <laughs> purchase. And I was just about to apply a little bit of pressure. <laughs> but, but I am aware that you've just, you know, had, had a very good, um, uproar with your, yeah. um, with your lecture set. So maybe that is a stretch. But. It's
2: nice, but it ain't, it ain't no letter set artwork, is
3: it? <laughs> no. Yeah, great spots, G. Nice one.
5: It'd been amazing together,
2: though, Craig. W- we would. <laughs> I am <I'm> bookmarking it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> so, someone's made an offer, did you say, of two and a half?
5: Yeah, so he shut it down now. That right. was the top thing, and said that uh, anyone that's interested, he would take it to PMs. So, right. PM him, Craig, see if you get a payment plan. I can <laughs> PM him for you if you want.
2: Yeah, i would be yeah. nice of you. My, 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 you. are good yeah. to me.
3: <laughs> my friend Craig. No knowing Craig, right, he's gonna write to him and he'll be the original editor of the TV Times and he'll be like, No, not that spivy again. <laughs>
2: not you. Yeah. Bloody yeah,
3: spivy. Yeah. <laughs> Lads, Leah Bespin. We love her. We all love her. You know, be it the turtleneck, be it the painted neck, be it the incredible things which Ron's covered. It's definitely a case of, hello, what have we here? I think it's time to move on. Uh, let's
0: talk about Endor.
3: We come to the end. Leah Endor Poncho. I mean, first of all, as a figure, I don't know, before we do anything else, why don't we give it straight to the variant villains? Let's, let's go straight to Mark and Jamie to give us their opinion of their thoughts on Leah Endor Poncho. Over to you, Mark and
0: Jamie. Me, but I can't trace
6: All right, I'm back with Jamie, and we're gonna have a quick chat about Leia Endor. Talk a little bit of variance. So this is a great figure.
7: Yeah, I think she's a a real cracker. She's everything really that Luke Poncho really wanted to be when they brought him out in the last 17. And perhaps the only difference really is that she has a removable helmet and that, God, that makes a really big difference.
6: Yeah, that's a good point. These Jedi figures, all the accessories that came out that wasn't plasticky vinyl stuff, these were quality accessories fabrics and that kind of thing. I'd think that the the sculpt is a is a great likeness for an action figure of the time. There's plenty
7: to talk about here, so let's get into it. Shall we start with factories? Yes, mate. There's two families and three factories. Uh, we've got Smile, Kader, and of course, the Moles traveled from Kader to Lily Leddy. What do you want to start with?
6: Just in broad strokes, what's the difference between your Smile, Layer Endor figure, and the Kader?
7: Uh, well, the first thing to note is that the queue is in totally different places. So on the smile, the cue is on the leg. If Keda, the cue is on the boot. Apart from that, there are a few uh, facial details. I know that you probably can talk a little bit more about that than me.
6: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's probably worth noting too, the Keda, we had a bit of a deep dive in it recently just in a group chat and we picked up there's two sculpts for that figure. So it could be that for some reason or another, there was a little bit of retooling done in one of the cavities or at some stage of production, they changed the sculpt a little bit. Who knows? Um, but the the are matched up, so it's not a new family. The Cater figure then went on to Liddy Leddy. So essentially there's no difference really between the Cater and the Liddy Leddy sculpts. Um, what else would you say to differentiate the Cater and the Liddy Leddy?
7: Yeah, so the first thing to note is there's differences in the paint, including a darker, pinker skin. There's also uh, different colors to the boots themselves. Uh, with the Leddy, there's a matte and a glossy black boot version. Um, And then really the rest of the differences are all to do with the accessories for later.
6: Okay, so in terms of accessories, should we just rattle through them one by one, nice and quick? Helmet, going back to the Kenner figures, you've got the Smile and the Cader. So how could I pick one from the other?
7: It's quite easy, really. The Cader has an EPM inside the helmet, whereas the Smile figures have numbers and the numbers are one to four confirmed so far. The LED-E is also EPM'd, um, and the helmet is slightly glossier, darker green paint on the led e figure.
6: Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, moving on to the belt, um, the Luke end figure is really similar to the layer end figure belt. How can I pick one from the other?
7: Uh, the simplest way, Mark, is the number of notches on the belt. The layer belt has only two notches on it, whereas the Luke has three notches. That's the easiest tell. Kader has EPMs on the reverse of either side of the holster on the belt Um, they can be numbered and so far we've confirmed the number two but I'm sure there's one two three and four and then the smile has no EPMs on the belt Um, they could be blanked or numbered and the numbers so far are five six and eight reckon there must be a seven two mark
6: I mean it's probably worth just adding in because we're throwing this term EPM around I think we've addressed it before on the podcast but just in case the EPM is an ejector pin mark which is essentially a small round impression in the plastic which is made when a pin pushes the the shot plastic out of the the mould cavity. And it just leaves that round impression. You see it on lots of the accessories, especially from certain factories like Kader. So, yeah, EPM. And so next, uh, what are we left with? We're left with blasters. Tell me about the blasters. What's the difference?
7: Uh, Blasters, uh, there are simple moulds for Kader. We are looking at the M4 mold and with Smile, we're looking at the M2 mold. You can find all the differences and details on the Variant Villain website. One of the interesting features is that Kada has EPMs on it, um, which makes it look like it has a double circle on one side of the um, handle. Other than that, uh, what we've got, we can go through the LEDI as well.
6: Yeah, fire away.
7: <laughs> Other than that, we've got the LEDI. The LEDI has a princess blaster rather than the Endor blaster. This can be a unique light or dark grey M1K mould or it can be the solid blue M4 unitory mould. Either or is perfectly acceptable.
6: I'm so, I'm so impressed that you can remember all these mould numbers. I mean, I build the website, I work on it every single day and yet I am forever struggling to remember. M this, M that It does my head in so bravo mate. And um, last last accessory, just to knock on the head and square off, is the poncho.
7: Okay, first impressions of the two ponchos are they're quite similar in appearance. You'll notice with the cader that the light green on the poncho itself is more green in appearance than the smile, which is slightly more yellow. Also, the dark green is darker in appearance on the cader, and the smile version is slightly more olive in in appearance inside it's worth noting that when you look at the stitching the cater stitching is a kind of whiter green whereas the smile is mm-hmm. almost a kind of fluorescent green and that can often really help you to to tell the difference particularly if you've got a cater cape which has faded and starts to look a little bit more like the smile one
6: yeah I mean a- another little shortcut is the um, I mean smile fabrics tend to be have a bit more ribbing to them the cater fabrics just tend to be a little bit fluffier. you see that with squid head and um, other characters that are made by both factories as well
7: and i guess uh, just talking about the lily Lady as well the poncho is a kind of more beigey green in color with a darker camouflage pattern um and it it does tend to stand out a little bit almost like the um the hand trench coat lily Lady as well both make the variants really nice uh, to collect and very cool looking i think
6: yeah now they really jump out so i think that's a wrap we've got layer endor in the bag probably one of the classiest figures in that sort of late jedi run before they went to the the power of the force and started cutting corners
7: such great value four accessories go out and get some <laughs> nicely said
3: lads thank you so much brilliant segments you've produced for us uh, this episode so yeah thanks once again varying villains you guys are on it stew craig what are your thoughts on on, on Lear Endor when you line up all the Leia figures? Whereabouts does Leia Endor poncho feature in your sort of you know highs, lows, mid? My layer yeah. If you if you look at no, all the
5: last, layers, last. Sorry. Last. You're kidding. No, no, oh, no. Right. I, I mean the layers are quite easy to to line up in order. For me, she's got a fantastic soft cape, and I love her belt, and I love her helmet but you strip her back and I have the figures just dull. Right. It's my, my least favourite. Interesting.
3: Oh, okay. All right, then. And this is a great thing about collecting, isn't it? Horses for courses. You know, we, we like different things, but all right, we're going to come back to it, and, I, and, I'll, and I'm not going to challenge you. I'm just going to give you my point. Challenge of me? <laughs> where,
5: where have you got it, then? Well... There's five-layer figures, isn't there?
3: I agree, yeah. I... I um...
5: What do you mean you agree? You just... you just no, no, it. no. going
3: to be like, I was well, a nightgaze. We... <laughs> So, I don't know. I love the original, Leah. I, I really, really do. I think, as we've already said, on on a card back, the whole thing together, the iconic, it you know. I, I've got my original one now. Looking at it, is absolutely stunning. I would then say I would probably put it in reverse of favourites. Of, I I don't know I never really gelled with the Hoth one as much. There was just something about the Hoth one for me didn't really work as much i like it on a card back i think that might just be because of the rarity of it possibly but i think i've always warmed to hoth warmed warm to hoth i think i've warmed to the hoth from a carded figure i think then it's bespin i think after that is joint second with endor and Boosh, and then organa I, second.
5: I, I mean bush Boosh. i agree Boosh is second comfortably great figure yeah great play oh i love (laughs) Boosh.
3: um but (laughs) sorry but but looking at this i mean craig is just about to drop the mic in a minute i know it but i'm i'm looking at my little collection now and i I love it i'm looking at leah there and yeah she's got tiny little pea head and she needs that tiny little pea head to put the helmet on but with the soft goods with the belt, with the helmet, with the blaster, with all of those things together, that's a wonderful figure. Yeah, I agree. Take off the poncho, and it's not as good. But you could say that about Yoda. I'm looking at Yoda now, and Yoda's brilliant. You take everything off Yoda, not as good. You know, so, and I take off Vader's cape, and it just looks a bit rubbish right so what you can't do is you can't strip that figure back and go yeah just looks a bit rubbish with those bits as Excuse it me, is it's that, is that an impression
5: of me <laughs>
3: <laughs> as it is i i disagree with you and i think our listening listening public will will agree that as it is as an ensemble leah endor Brings so much more to the party, it really does. Craig, come on. While you're, I hear
2: what you're both saying, but for me, me,
3: there's a mediation point. If I heard one, (laughs) she's
2: she's she's um, she's designed to be camouflaged, she's designed not to stand out. So, you sit her in a lineup of action figures, she's kind of a bit of a a mushy green next to Luke and, and Han in his trench coat and the commando. And so I, I think, you know, I'm probably with Stu in in terms of her being at the bottom of the pile in terms of my, my favorite. She's not designed to be senatorial and iconic. She's designed to blend in with bushes, but you know, you're absolutely right in terms of what you got with that figure in terms of the soft goods and the helmet and the belt. And the, I mean, that's, that's, they packed a lot in, but I think, you know, my own, you know, my personal connection with these things has to have a bearing on my my connection. And this was a figure that came out when I was kind of getting out of it. So it wasn't one that I had as a child. So maybe that's a, a little bit of distance that I that I have. I only have a relationship with this figure as an adult collector. Um, and I can appreciate it for what it is, but it doesn't have the magic that some of those earlier ones did. Even Leah Hoff. I mean, Leah Hoff was, was that, Feisty character who was escaping the Empire in the Falcon with Han, and, and and there's a lot in that, and there wasn't the same amount of of, of kind of moments um, imbued in this figure. I don't think for me. Oh wow!
5: Okay, I'm be honest with you I'm, oh. I'm looking at it now. Mm-hmm. I love Endor. Mm-hmm. I love Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But Han Endor is probably my least favorite Han Solo,
0: mm-hmm.
5: and Luke Endor is probably my least favorite Luke Skywalker figure.
0: Mm-hmm
3: but you love the ewoks well i mean when, when, when you <laughs> all right we're going massively tangent now but that's fine um so when you when you line up your rebels where does rebel commando fit against
5: say your hoth soldier the hoth Soldier's my favorite of all oh, the rebels yeah, um, i love that figure but rebel commando is a great figure oh good good
3: Safe, safe, safe from the brink. There, okay. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Han Trench is is not a good Han as much, but we'll we'll come on to that. And and probably the less said about Luke poncho the better. But yeah, I I I really do like leah Endor. I do think more than as we said, you know, going back to leah Hoth. Yeah, I love the feisty enough. I love the character in the movie, but you put her next to Hoth Rebel so- Rebel Soldier and they could almost be twins you know closer to uh she's closer to that character than she is Luke Hoth. and yeah i just i don't know just maybe it's because it's 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 not the lack of femininity which has been said in the past said already you know bruce has said about it you know it's probably the least of the feminine ones but it's just i don't know i, I think from a playability point of view maybe i've got more memories and nostalgia being on you know speedbait you know doing all that sort of stuff and and making little bits and pieces with wicket and i I don't know i just i look at it more favorably but that's that's a wonderful thing about our collecting isn't it because if we all like the same things (laughs) some prices for things would skyrocket and and everything else would be probably still quite high but yeah there we go we'll we'll move on (laughs) yeah okay so so we're in agreement then that we all absolutely love this figure and it's probably the best layer there is um that that goes without saying when we look at the carded figures you know what are your thoughts on the on the card art could they have come up with a better image or are you content with that one what are your thoughts craig i'm going to come straight to you first of all because again you you're the one with your eye for the sort of you know how, how these things are put together
2: yeah, well, this one works, doesn't it? I mean, they've um, they've forgone the blue for the green, which uh, which works with the palette of the of, of the whole piece, and she's nicely positioned within the space. Logo's not smashing into her head, and she looks quite jolly, <laughs> as opposed to the best ben one.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, best Ben looks moody. Even Hoth looks a bit moody. But we'll come onto that on another episode. <laughs> But, yeah, so generally the moodiness comes across. This one looks all right. I, I wouldn't have minded maybe for her to, I don't know, have a little bit of sort of wicket just poking out the bottom because this is clearly from the scene where she's, um, you know, sharing a biscuit with wicket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the one where it did come out on a 79 back, did come out on a Power of the Force because clearly this was, you know, second phase or, or late range of uh, of Return of a Jedi. So we saw this on the Leddy. So this came out on a Leddy 50 back, uh, regular Kenners, the Clippers, uh, toys Kenner Canadas, as you can imagine. So a couple of Clipper options. But interestingly enough, and this is where if anyone out there can give us any information on this. So when I look at card backs and um, you know, various different things to come out, the 65B, right? So a Return of a Jedi, 65B, in the last 14 years, there's only been one sold, a Kenner 65B, and it was a UKG-graded 70, sold at Vectis on the 21st of July this year for £186. So unless there's an error on Vectis, unless that has been loaded incorrectly, and it was in fact a 77 or a 79, this is saying... A one single 65b sold in the last 14 years for 186 pounds i mean surely that's got to be a mistake you you can't have a, a main production line which is that hard to find that you know we've only seen one of those i mean guys what were your thoughts on that i know i've only just mentioned that to you but it just seems very peculiar yeah I think that's just
5: one of those. Uh...
3: Glitches, yeah, so I'll probably just <laughs> see quite often, don't you? Not mention it at all, then never mind. It, it was just weird. I was like, huh? there's one soul that's as rare as hen's teeth, you know, that's rarer than the rarest of things. And it sold for 186 pounds anyway. We'll move on, right, lads. Endor, the you know, we've spoken about it. The variant villains have killed it in a good way. Craig, I, I want to come to you first of all. So, what you know, from a from a focus collecting point of view, can people supplement their collection with when it comes to Leia andor Poncho?
2: Yeah, well, one of the things I wanted to just uh, mention um, is that obviously the the Endor versions of the characters appear before they hit the surface of the moon because they're obviously in the shuttle, in the cockpit of of the Tiderium. So you know, you do get things like the jigsaw um, puzzle of that shot of everybody kind of uh, approaching and getting through the um, through the what's-its. <laughs> What's the thing they go through? They've got the password. The, the, um, that yeah, they go yeah.
3: through the Security. deflector shield.
2: Who does? Yes. <laughs> We're good at this, aren't we? So, yeah, I think that's that's something that you can, you can look at if you're looking to supplement Endor... Endor Leah. But, you know, this is the era of the clip art. So you do see those standard illustrations being repeated on um, on various things. And I've, I've pulled out a couple where, you know, Leah's used quite large. So we've got the H.C. Ford pencils, uh, the pencil box, and the... Now then, is this Swedish... What's the... The, the, the Jedi Lask labels. It was a soft drink, wasn't yeah. it? Could get this completely wrong,
5: wasn't but it? Dutch? Dutch, no, it's Swedish. Is it Swedish? Yeah,
2: it's the umlaut gives it away. But yeah, it's a very, um, it's a very. I don't know if you're familiar with an article Patrick Nagel who did like the Rio cover, um, the Duran Duran cover. It's got that eighties stylized yeah, yeah. <laughs> glamour, Leah feel to it, um, which um, is um, is 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 not what I think of when I think of Endor Lear, but quite an interesting interpretation. I don't know what you guys think.
3: Yeah, like it. Um, I get what you mean about the Duran Duran uh, <laughs> thing, but yeah, that that's a classic image, isn't it? No one looking straight on, everyone looking busy. It, it's, I don't know, it's, Star Wars chooses a lot of images like this, which ordinarily someone would just flick through and go, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. But for us, i think because they use them repeatedly and because they're just etched in our brains for me it's like yeah that's amazing i love it whereas i think any other person would just walk straight past that
2: yeah
3: it's it's not one of those it it wouldn't grab the attention of a casual user i don't believe i think we just love it because of the 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 composition uh, and because of just our love for star wars but i I, I don't think it's one of those things which would have a universal appeal to someone who wasn't a hardcore fan. In all honesty,
2: no, and it, it highlights that you know they, the merchandise lost something at this point. You compare that to the the Princess Leia Giotto and it's just they're worlds yeah. apart.
3: It's just a bit lazy, maybe.
2: And control—it was all about control and presentifying, presenting, presentifying, <laughs> presentifying <laughs> a unified product.
3: Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, that's one of the things which you could get if you were a Leah focused collector for sure. Anything else?
5: I'm going to bring up something which, oh. you know what, it's nearly about a year ago that I mentioned it on this show. It was another layer piece that I've been desperately trying to buy, and it is that strangest of images from the French magazine Charlie. I'm bringing it up again. It is the topless layer kissing C3PO, but she's got her endor haircut the magazine was from 1983 and it's really weird i sat on this mm. old fossils november 2021 saying i love that image never been able to find it and i went along to farthest from and mark hockley had it on his stall, and i think i paid a tenner for it brilliant and i bought it that day and I'd, it was another thing i've been looking for for years but that is an amazing image with a hair is the most uh most crazy image of her kissing 3PO and the back of his head sparking, his eyes lit up. I I mean, I can't read the French next to it, so I can't understand what it's saying. But um, (laughs) So I will never quite understand because I'm too lazy to run it through a translator. Never quite understand what's going on. But every time I see the picture, I just love it and I've got to find a way of displaying it. Yeah, I think I need to come up with something that I really want to buy. So it comes at uh, Father's From. I really want to buy... A mint loose layer indoor.
3: yeah. You do, yeah, <laughs> one of the best layer figures that there is. And okay, I'll give you something to buy. You guys have just given us you know a bit of 2D imagery. I, I've got something which is the Leo Poncho special effects miniature. Now, this is from the collection of Gus Lopez. Once again, I'm referring to the Star Wars collector's archive. This has got a fantastic, I, I don't know what size this is. Oh, yeah, it says 16 inch, right. So we have, this poncho in cap miniature was used in the special effects shots for the speeder bike chase sequence in Return of the Jedi. Leia's poncho costume was made using an unusual scale, using a 16-inch figure, and shown here on a Twilight Alice doll. How amazing is that? A t- 16-inch Twilight Alice doll. Twilight mm-hmm. Alice. I don't know, it sounds like some sort of 80s rock group. But yeah, got this poncho... Got the helmet, and that was used in the uh, for the special effects for Jedi. There you go, Stu. Put that on your shopping list and see if that turns <laughs> up at Father's Drum. That is glorious.
2: That's cool. And yeah. We've all seen that footage, haven't we, of uh, Phil Tippett wobbling those puppets around?
3: <laughs> yeah. So, lads, you know, before we go on, there are so many wonderful pieces which have been catalogued for leo combat poncho. So I'm going through Gus and Duncan's book, the prototype book. And in there, you've got even unpainted hard copy, the belt. There's the Lucasfilm slides, uh, various other sort of, um, what we've we got, unpainted first shot. And then the chromalins, the, the proof cards. Yeah, wonderful things for people to collect. But I think one of the main ones is the pink poncho lear. Now, I've seen this. I've seen these carded. I've seen people trying to sell these carded on on various different sort of deal or no deal. I, I've read somewhere that there might be four of these pink poncho on um, on carded sample cards, and the one which I've seen is on the Imperial Hoth stormtrooper. I'm not sure if that was a verified one or not, but the pink poncho, yeah, fully painted hard copy figures, real treasures of the prototype collecting hobby and again on the collecting archive just trying things out and this is what the, what they started the poncho is pink rather than camouflaged additionally the belt holster which is black on this released figure is made of brown rubber so just goes to show the you know their their sort of conceptual dealings with regards to trying to put this together and uh, and the sort of processes the iterations which they would have gone through to uh, to get this wonderful best figure uh, ready and uh, and released so yeah check out the star wars collector's archive for some wonderful images of the pink poncho further to that what there is is a princess leia combat poncho power of the force carded sample where they were actually part of getting the power of the force carded figures ready with with the different bubbles don't forget they, they needed to seal just the figure, seal the accessory, the helmet, and the uh, the coin. And we've seen how these things have been done in the past. but on this particular one, which is shown on the archive, the bubble of the example you see here was affixed with double-sided tape. The blister card is identifiable as a proof by its corners, which are squared rather than rounded. But the main thing here with this fellas is the bubble is from a much different form that's found on the production Leo poncho specifically the area holding the helmet accessory is positioned differently and the coin is contained by a bubble compartment that is entirely separate from the larger figure compartment as opposed to how you would normally have power of the force figure the bubble uh, the um the punch also looks different to me but yeah so many different things i think for leah in particular the Star Wars Collectors Archive database has been an absolute godsend for us. This uh, this episode, There's so many things to see. It's absolutely wonderful. So that brings an end to our to our Leia extravaganza, Part One and Part Two. Because let's not forget, we've also got Leah Hoth to do at one point, and Leah Boosh, 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 Leia Boosh.
0: By a bounty hunter named Boosh. But late one night, Bush approached the carbonite block that held Han. A switch was thrown, and the block melted.
3: Han was free.
0: He faced Bush.
3: Well, guys, it's been absolutely brilliant joining you this evening for both part one and part two. Thank you ever so much for sharing what you found, and your stories as well. You know, Craig, me and, uh, me and Karen, you're, you're, you're so close to the tattoo. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> and and, and Stu, we're we're delighted for you finding your autograph that's that's really really super cool so good good for you guys i don't know when we're going to get to record the next those old fossils you know we've got a busy time ahead of us there's lots of things coming up we've got a lot of things in the pipeline and as you know i'm just nipping out of the country for a a little while as we get close close to christmas so when are we going to do the next one that's anyone's guess. You might have to wait just a wee while longer for us. But we'll, we'll see. So no promises. Maybe one before Christmas. Definitely one after. We'll see. But you want to know what the next figures are, don't you? We do. <laughs> I can always rely on Craig to
5: mean, yes, we do.
3: <laughs> right. So.
5: What are you saying? Oh. fair.
3: <laughs> so. As we're approaching Christmas, as we're approaching that time of year where we're looking for a white Christmas, we're looking for a Hoth scenario. So first figure that we're going to be looking at, one of the figures which we'll be looking at on the next episode of Those Old Fossils, Imperial Stormtrooper with Hoth battle gear. Love that figure. Rebel Commander. The Rebel Commander. Hoth, Rebel Commander. So a goodie and a baddie, or a baddie and a goodie. And, fine... <laughs> and finally, making up the trifecta of hothy, snowy experiences to go with the Imperial Stormtrooper, to go with the Rebel Commander, we have Han Solo Hoth
2: snorkel jacket
3: Yeah, looking forward to that one already Han Solo Hoth is an absolutely awesome figure Imperial Stormtrooper Hoth absolutely awesome figure and and the Rebel Commander pretty good figure so uh, (laughs) yeah looking forward to the next episode right then Bruce rapid fire round are you ready?
4: I am, let's go
3: amazing Crazy! What's your most craziest, most bonkers piece of Leah merchandise?
4: Oh, oh wow! Some of the bootleg ceramic things are, are quite interestingly painted. You know, the, the do-it-yourself ceramic things that that were made back in the in the seventies.
3: Brilliant! What's your favorite Leah line or quote?
4: So. The more you tighten your grip, Tarkin The more star systems will slip through your fingers Oh, amazing Now
3: I need you to channel Every thespian whim Within you and give me your best Impression of when Leah Chastises Tarkin
4: Oh, oh, wow Um I'm trying to I'm rewinding the movie I'm trying to see Oh dear Wanting to do a bad Vader's... British accent right <laughs> no. now. <laughs> <laughs> Governor Tarkin, I thought I'd find you here holding Vader's leash. Oh. <laughs> <Surprised>. <laughs> what was that? I can't even do it. Oh, that's terrible. That's oh. brilliant.
3: That we, we're getting into the realms of sort of merry poppins. Um I know, so... I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> So I would say I hold in die.
4: It might be Cockney in a
3: minute I don't know <laughs> I recognised your foul stench when I was Bought on board.
4: Yeah
3: Okay How many carded figures Do you think you have
4: I think I have 45 Since I did count them I think that's right
3: Okay. At this point The best Star Wars tattoo you've ever seen The
4: best Star Wars
0: There's
4: so many great ones. I, well, the one that comes front of mind is is one I did of my friend Lee uh, years and years ago. It was a holiday special themed uh, Star Wars tattoo that I did for him of the uh, Chewbacca and his family with Itchy and Mala and and Lumpy. Uh, I did it when I was apprenticing, so it was not quite the most realistic thing, but I still love it. I still love that design.
3: Brilliant. Yeah. Describe the worst <laughs> Star Wars tattoo you've seen.
4: Oh, um, <laughs> well, I mean, there's so much visually, especially with the Empire with Vader and the Emperor, so much black in their clothing. Tattoo artists like to use something like that to try to cover up old tattoos. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And some sometimes things like that look just awful so yeah there's a lot of bad cover-ups out there using star wars imagery okay yeah it's amazing
3: i thought you might have mentioned the darth vader penis which Stu showed you a few (laughs) years ago but (laughs) we'll move on
4: i remember that now oh boy yeah i remember okay
3: what person within the star wars community totally deserves a shout out
4: um well i wanted to shout out bill mcbride for mentioning me in his interview um let's see um yeah definitely and i'd 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 want to shout out the friends that helped me move house earlier this year chris dragulias his wife sharon and bob Steffi and jeffrey hunter um, all came over and pitched in and helped us move our (laughs) <laughs> our mini collections. So we have toys and vinyl records and all sorts. And so, yeah, that was that was great. Perfect, nice
3: one. Good for the Good for them. Binding it yeah. together. Yeah. What character would you love to cosplay?
4: Oh, hmm. I'd like to do Bausch. I think that would yeah. be a good one because it's. I mean, once you got the helmet on, you know, nobody knows. <laughs> it becomes completely asexual. Um, that would be a fun one. Um, yeah. yeah, nice uh, one.
3: And whilst we talk about cosplay, what character should Stuart cosplay?
4: Oh wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, hmm.
3: Power droid. Let's
4: see, power droid. Well, that would be interesting. That'd be quite something. What, what would we do? Put a dustbin on him? Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, maybe some you know just uh just give it a good old emperor robe. Right, okay. And, and uh yeah, just like yes.
3: that. See the emperor, nice one. Yeah. Right. What's your favorite Star Wars Facebook group?
4: Ooh. Oh. Oh <laughs> well, I guess the twelve back group. I mean I've been there probably the longest it's the one I seem to be most active in for whatever reason um also, I'm also in investment prime a bit uh,
0: cool
4: yeah you broke up it.
3: there a little bit Bruce I think I heard you say I'm we're sorry. our generation skywalker Facebook group uh,
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm pretty I sure that's what you said
4: I recently uh, added i think put it
3: Right, we're halfway through the rapid fire round. Uh, oh no. <laughs> and the, the grass is growing. Right, right. what's your favourite non-Lia vintage figure? Non-Lia vintage figure. Uh, uh, Yoda. Oh, nice. Right, uh, have you ever dressed up as Leah in the gold bikini? <laughs> no. You should, it's liberating. What's your favourite Star Wars film, TV show or animation?
4: Um, I'd have to say A New Hope. <laughs> Still, yeah. Right.
3: What vintage Star Wars figure would you associate with Stuart?
5: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. Oh, gosh.
4: He looks a little bit like Romba. Like (laughs) Romba? Okay. Short hairy, then? Okay. Oh oh boy. Alright. Um,. Uh, I, well, uh, maybe uh, Warwick. I don't know. Uh, oh, right.
3: Warwick. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with Warwick. Right. The Emperor and Warwick. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we, I'll, I'll go sensible again now. Stu has no idea about these questions. What's your specific favourite carded Leia figure and why? So, of all of your carded Leia figures, why?
4: My favourite? Oh, boy. Um, i probably have to say... Perhaps the Makano one, just because of the uh, the alternate French logo. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I'll I really take like that. that
3: design. I have a suspicion I know what the answer to this will be. What's your favorite piece of Star Wars music?
4: <laughs> I, I mean, I like Leia's theme a lot, of course. So it's, it's my favorite. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to go with that. All right, we're good. We're
3: good. What's your favorite vintage Star Wars ship or playset? I'm going
4: to make the Brits mad. It's going to be the the Kenner Death Star playset. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay. Four stories high.
3: It's it's It's, it's big. It's amazing. amazing. Link them all together and have one super Kenner Death Star. Love it. That's (laughs) right. What's your favorite Star Wars sound effect?
4: R2. Oh, all nice. R2's noises.
3: Yeah. Oh. Okay. Beeps. Not Leah, but what's your favorite Carrie Fisher line or quote or put down?
4: Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. She has, I mean, she has so many. She's, it's funny. She, she always said her daughter accuses her of speaking in bumper stickers because she has all these quotes that people use all the time. I like, uh, let's see. I'm very sane about how crazy I am. This one Brilliant. that she used to use. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like
3: that. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite mini rig?
4: Oof. The uh, oh the cat too.
3: Cool. One. Yeah, that's a strong that's a strong rig that one. And finally, <laughs> Bruce, I don't want to say your house is burned, and you've just moved, and the whole community have helped you out, which is amazing. Right. So <laughs> exactly. let's just say something else. Let's just say. I don't know. Something else is requiring you to leave your house and you've got to right. grab one piece. What piece right. of your collection do you take with you?
4: Oh. Mm. I've think it would probably be the 12 back proof card. Nice. Lovely, I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> bruce <laughs> we got there we've
3: been through the rapid fire round and uh yeah thank you ever so much you're oh, a, you're an absolute scholar that was us generation skywalker with those old fossils and it doesn't stop there generation skywalker.com packed full of information The blogs, which Craig's already made reference to. We've got our own YouTube channel with so many enhanced episodes. Go back and and, and listen from the beginning. Listen to anything in which you want. We've got modern ones. We've got vintage. We've got various different things, as, as Craig and Stu have mentioned, made reference to. Unboxings, all sorts of stuff. Skywalker Blasts on our YouTube channel. So you can check out our TikTok. Stu,
5: how is the TikTok going? Uh, it's flying, mate. Yes, it's it's growing quickly, and um, it's a good excuse for me to don some wigs. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, thoroughly enjoyable. But no, no, it's growing really quickly over there. It, it's going good.
3: Brilliant stuff. If ever there's a reason to get yourself a TikTok account to check out Stu and his wigs, and also we've got our Instagram page. So we we've got uh, Generation Skywalker Main's Instagram. And also, if you just fancy the vintage, we've got gen underscore Skywalker underscore vintage for just purely vintage figures. But check them out both. Follow them both. It's amazing. We've also got our Twitter account and we're all over Facebook. So we've got the Generation Skywalker community page and the We Are Generation Skywalker Facebook group. So get amongst the We Are Generation Skywalker Facebook group. Tell us what we've missed. Tell us what you prefer. Tell us. If the guys are wrong and if Leo Endor is definitely better than Leo Bespin. Well, what's your point of view? Tell us about what you thought about this episode. Absolutely delighted over episodes 18 and episodes 19, part one and two of the Princess Leo Ghana specials. We really must thank Bruce White, you absolute legend, thank you so much. David DeMarcus, your hero coming on just showing us everything utterly brilliant i love your collection and ron salvatore uncle ron winning it again for us these recordings are getting better and better thank you so much to mark andrews jamie acart and charles jones of the variant villains you guys you make it every single time the knowledge which you have on these variations is absolutely fantastic and uh, and the stuff which you've been saying tonight as i said the blasters but but in particular the capes, on oh my word, absolutely brilliant! It, it's an absolute pleasure doing these recordings and putting these things together. We are all Generation Skywalker. So until next time, it's goodbye from Craig.
2: Cheerio! I love Leah and I love Carrie. This has been great,
3: and it's goodbye from Stu.
2: Leah, um,
5: do you know what I've learned tonight? That, uh, courtesy of Jez, to wear a helmet you need to have a pea head, and Jez wears a helmet.
0: Mike why you stuck up half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder
5: good night (laughs) and
3: it's goodbye from me we are generation skywalker all eras all passions all star wars